Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. It's John 16 and verse 12. Jesus says to his disciples whom he loved, whom he knew, and they knew him. Uh, But he says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. There were things about the system, the gospel system, uh, the the kingdom that was coming, yet to be established, uh, that was going to be too weighty for their three-year-old spiritually immature mind. When I teach, when I preach, I like to build a case from the Bible um, that a particular point that maybe I'm, I'm trying to make is truly what the scriptures teach. I don't want people to believe something because I told them so. I want them to believe something uh, because they've seen it and because they've they've convinced they're convinced as I am they're convicted that that is exactly what the scriptures teach. That's what the Holy Spirit is communicating through His Word. So in order to to accomplish this, um, I may have the congregation, the church, the group, the men's group, the the Bible class study, the small group, whatever. Look at three or four particular verses that support the case that I am making. Uh, let's let's just say, for instance, um, if my point is, let's just say, Jesus is mankind's only Savior, you might have the church or or whoever um, read Peter's words, Acts four and twelve. There is no salvation in no one else. Um, maybe John the Baptizer's words, John three thirty six. He who does not obey the Son will not see life. Maybe you'll have him read uh, where Jesus said this. Uh, John fourteen six. No one comes to the Father but through me. Reading or quoting cross-references, cross um, they, they can. They can add credibility to, your, to the interpretation, uh, to, the, to the, the meaning of Scripture. They can strengthen the point that you're making. Um, they, they demonstrate the harmony. Uh, the sum of thy word is truth, the psalmist said. They demonstrate that, that exists in the scriptures. It's, believe it or not, it's weird. It's like one person wrote this whole thing. I know, weird. Um, and, and it also helps sink a truth into the listener's minds. I mean, if you're, if you, let's just say that you do four, four verses. You've got four-dimensional truth, four-dimensional proof that this truth is thing. They can get a hold of it. They can see it and taste it. And it gives people a longer time to consider what is being said. They're stewing it around. They're, you've given them the meaning of it. And so when you flip through pages of scriptures and you go through things, it does those things. Now, having said that, as we looked at yesterday, looking, looking at the negative side of some things, there is a pitfall to avoid when sharing cross-references. Um, and maybe maybe many inexperienced preachers and teachers um, they they may have you know fallen headfirst into this pit, including me, including you, and the trip the trip into this particular pit. Um, it usually goes something like this: the well-meaning preacher reads a passage of scripture, then thinking that he needs to build his case. Um, he 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 has the church turn to another supporting verse. He reads it. He reads it out loud. He says, let's go on to the next verse, pausing just long enough to read it, maybe making a brief comment. So far, so good. 
but don't think that he's done. No, actually, he's just getting warmed up. He pushes to the next verse and the next and the next, all the while believing that the culminative weight of all of those scriptures and the swift the swiftness at which the truth is going uh, and going out is really going to bless people. Well, sometimes it doesn't bless them. Sometimes it frustrates them. You have taken them on a seemingly endless page-flipping tour of the Bible. One little child sitting in worship um, gets in the car after Amen is said, like a good little heathen, and says to Mama, um, Mama, what did you like about church? And she said, well, this, this, and this. And she asked the child, what did you think about church? What did you like? He said, I liked that it rained. And she thought, what in this, what? And he says, it rained. Every time the preacher said, open your Bibles, he said, it sounded like rain. Okay, well, that's a beautiful thing to hear pages turn. But if the whole worship service is just sight references, and your, your preaching is not an exaltation of God's Word, but it's going through the, the book like a dictionary, or a thesaurus, or the phone book, and you're just trying to ping and bing all the different verses and tie them all together, that can become and seem endless. It, you're not giving the sense of things. Well, as I said, that, that doesn't necessarily bless them if it's a lot, copious amounts. And we think, well, the more Scripture, the better. Well, yes and no. It can frustrate people. It can frustrate their learning. Uh, and so we have to be cautious of that. We have to be aware of that. After the fourth or fifth, fifth verse... People will stop turning in their Bibles, and their eyes will begin to glaze over. They start scribbling. They start doodling. They go back to the bulletin. They flip around. They start chewing on gum. They're checking emails on their phones. They're wondering what the score is. Why? Because the preacher is overloading them too quickly with too much information. You've seen these preachers, they get up and they preach, and they'll spit for 17 verses. And, and just, it's like, wow, they're impressive. Wow, they've got it niched. Wow, this is a, as we said yesterday, a song and dance trick. We just have to be careful. That's the only thing I want to bring to myself. The only thing I want to share to you, be careful. Sometimes we don't, after the second, maybe the third verse, one verse is, is good. One verse is enough. The, the church didn't need all ten verses. They didn't have time to write them down. Three or four, maybe. That's sufficient. Now, of course, it's fine. Take your time. Take your listeners on a lengthy, lengthy carefully paced, guided you know, tour through the Bible. But along the way, you're making some comments. You're clarifying what the passage means. You're giving the context. You're doing word studies. You're doing those things. You're exegeting the passage. Not exit Jesus. You're ex exegeting the passage. You're expounding, unfolding the meaning. You're providing uh, illustrations when it's necessary. You're talking about how the truth might apply to believers in this particular circumstance. Fill in the blank. But give some, give some meat if you'll teach and you'll preach that way, people will joyfully give their attention to you for a much longer period of time. So, be careful. Don't have the church go through an endless page-turning uh, session. Give them some meat. Let them chew. Let them cogitate. Let them think on it.
and kind of shifting gears from not using all those, you know, 362 verses in this one sermon. But also remember that when the scriptures are silent, speculation isn't necessary. G. Campbell Morgan uh, said, We're never preaching when we are hazard, hazarding speculations. Preaching is the proclamation of the word. God has given, you know this, I know this, God has given mankind all that we know, uh, all that we need to know in order to be saved, in order to live a godly life. Second Peter 1 and verse 3, God surely could have given us all kinds of other details that, you know, regarding a an innumerable, innumerable blah, 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 there's your word, innumerable amount of, you know, other matters. John 20 and verse 30, it's how it records. We could write a whole book uh, that would be as big as this world. The Bible could be a collection of thousands of books rather than the 66 that we have, but it's not. It's not. God has given his wisdom. He knows just what we need to know. Deuteronomy 29, 29, secret things belong to the Lord. There was a lot that went on. Speculation, is it necessary? We don't want to blow up the brethren with a whole host of scriptures. We also don't want to go to the other extreme and just give speculation when there's a matter of silence there. And just thinking about things, practically thinking about things, putting the brethren to mind in those situations, that's okay. But speculation is not necessarily necessary. Uh, in spite of the fact that there's plenty to know in the Bible and an abundance of material therein to preach on it, we can all find it tempting to speculate about things God has chosen not to reveal. To speculate is to form a theory or conjecture. Let's, let's use a big word about a subject without firm evidence. I once heard a teaching where the, the preacher speculated on where heaven might be, saying it was likely in some northern area of space where astronomers say there are a few stars. Well, the Bible does not say where the third heaven is, where the God dwells. It only indicates that it is up. <laughs> I mean, Second Kings 2.11, John 6.41 to go beyond that is to go beyond what the Bible says. It's a discredit to Scripture. It's, it's treating a person in front of you as though you're smarter than God. Another, another preacher um, I heard tried to build a, um, a case for a particular um, angel that sliced the curtain in the temple at the time of the crucifixion. And it was all speculation. Others have talked about how old we will appear in heaven. Are we going to have our scars? How long Jesus' hair was? Fill in the blank. Why did Nicodemus come to Jesus by night? Was he afraid? Was he getting off of work? Was it, That's just when he wanted to take a stroll. Uh, so before you speculate, before you share your opinion on issues like these that the Bible is silent on, that are irrelevant, please keep in mind that doing so is unnecessary. And let's take it, let's take it a step further. It can be detrimental to your listeners and other people? Why? Well, often, a preacher, a teacher, uh, somebody who's studying the Bible, speculations, theories, end up becoming the listener's beliefs. And listeners' beliefs are commonly the things that they share with others. This is what they believe. And on down the line it goes. And, and so ask yourself this question. Is this what we want the people believing and sharing? Is it speculation that I want them to share? 
things that may not even be true, ideas that have no firm evidence whatsoever uh, to support it? Do we want to be architects of theories that grow into urban legends, that grow legs, that before too long we've got to write a book and a thesis and our doctoral dissertation on it? God forbid we want our listeners' faith to be established in the truth. 2 Peter 1.12 And those who stand before God who stand before God's people and they're preaching and they're teachers of the word, 2 Timothy 4.2. They're not speculators of the unknowable. We are proclaimers of all that Jesus commanded, 28 of Matthew, verse 20. They are not heralders of the unknown. So, just, just for the sake of time, as we're winding this thing down, as we're landing this, this plane Two things, don't, don't take your listeners on what's, what is seemingly endless page-flipping tours through the Bible. I have preached whole books. Just a month ago, I preached the whole book of, of uh, First Peter. I went through four chapters. I read it all, just as it would have been read in the first century. And I had more comments, good comments about that. It seemed the whole church was just excited and loved it. That, that we we looked at Scripture and we looked at the inspiration of Scripture uh, from Peter and what Peter said about it and, and how we saw and we beheld the glory of God. And we told that to you, but Scripture is not like that. Scripture is not private interpretation where we saw something and then relate it. Actually, Scripture is the whole heart of God that has been revealed through our pen. So it's not second-hand knowledge. This is first-hand knowledge from God. And so... There was a lot of scripture, but it wasn't going throughout the whole Bible. It was just staying there. So just something to be cautious of, something to be careful of. Something that I, I want to be sure that I'm not doing is treating the Bible like a reference book. I'm not trying to proof text you know, these denominations. I'm not trying to build up uh, my particular cleverness and knowledge. I'm, I'm not trying to uh, savvy up and lather up all the verses. I just want to preach the truth. So thinking about those things, I'd pass it off to you. Um, don't, don't have them turn to 103 different verses. They're going to burn out. But also don't speculate on the silence either. Preaching has to be balanced. Has to be balanced. And I know that you know that. I know that you're striving for the glory of God in your preaching. Uh, listen, it's Friday. It's Friday. You've got two days. you got two days. If your sermon isn't written yet... Um, I know sometimes we, we, we can get so bombarded with work and with life and with things, especially in the ministry. I, I would just say, um, be about some prayer. Be prayerful for the church and what they're going to hear, how they're going to hear it. Prayerfully consider your work. Prayerfully consider your sermons. Uh, things we've looked at, you know, the past three days. We want to be careful today. Um, we don't want we don't we want to be silent where the Bible is silent. Uh, we only want to speak of the oracles of God, First Peter 4.11. We don't want to take the church through a whole host of um, verses and just flipping through that. Uh, things we looked at yesterday, um, avoiding alliter alliterating all of your single points. You know, that can be clever, that can be tricky and gimmicky. So you want to be careful. Uh, and then what we said on Wednesday, preach a big God. They need a big God and emphasize what God has done for people and not what people have done for God. Just be careful. Be wise. Be prayerful. Love the Lord. Love His Word. Love His people. 
and exalt him. God will be with you in your preaching if you do these things.